5: This
0: is KJ Live with Chris Johnson. And Chris is having conversations with influencers in the sports world and entertainment industry. Now here's Chris Johnson.
6: You're now tuned in to KJ Live. Today's guest on the show is an actor, model, and renaissance man. He recently was named to a role on Tyler Perry's all the Queen's Men, starring on BET. Welcome into the show, my little brother, Jay Marcus Johnson is in the building.
7: <laughs> What's up, man? Appreciate <laughs> you having up? me on. It's kind of cool. I have something cool to talk about now.
6: Well, no, you always had something cool to talk about. Uh, I think schedules permitting, uh, you've been a busy man lately, so I, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule, your shooting schedule, to to join the show. Man, look, it's as. Somebody that you grown up in a family with older brothers and brothers and siblings and dads and people that have always, you know, been sort of in the limelight or achieved. What sort of pressure did you feel in carving out your own niche when you decided to chase this acting thing?
7: You know, it's funny you say that because just thinking about it, you know, like so it's either. You kind of fold under the pressure, which I did as a kid growing up, you know, just kind of folded, blah, 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 like this is for me. Or then like you rise to it. And then so I got to a point where I was like, yeah, F it. I'm gonna rise to it, man. Like, whatever. Like, you know, I got one life to live, and like this is my life, this is what I want to do. I'm gonna go for it. And so the pressure, you know, it kind of just it just it's I changed in myself, you know, and I was just like, Yeah, like let's do it. I'm gonna go for it. The pressure's on, I got something to live up to, I got something to live for. And I'm going to keep this name going.
6: How long did it take as far as like for that light bulb to click in, for you to have that confidence when you say fold or kind of rise, what made you like when you were folding, why, why were you folding? Why were you shrinking away from whatever pressure in your mind?
7: Just growing up, you know, like just so, I mean, not to put the blame on basketball, but you know, our father was a NBA legend, you know, and like so he was like extreme, like athletically, like he was just supreme and all that. And I that didn't hit for me until later on in life. And so like I just never thought it would happen, you know. Like I had went through things in my childhood which had caused my 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 process of of growing to to slow down a bit. And I remember one time I went to the doctor for a checkup and you know, he told he told me and my mother that I'd be lucky if I made it to six feet. And so, like, things like that just kind of, like, destroyed me and blah, blah. And, like, you know, just that whole process, me being a 13-, 14-year-old kid and just, like, dang, just, like, seeing your dreams kind of just shattered, you know, like, and you're taking it from a, a medical professional. And then, you know, then you just keep getting older, and then you realize, like, oh, snap, I'm 6'1 now. He was wrong, you know? So it just, it was just, like, constant progression of, of me just realizing things, like, you know, I'm in control, and I just, you know use it to my advantage and just kept pushing and kept pers- kept persistent and kept persevering and we're here
6: and you went through leukemia yeah tell, tell us about just what all that entailed what the disease did to you and and how you had to deal with it on a daily basis
7: oh man so you know it started the summer of uh 96 I believe I was seven I just remember just being just like just crazy pain, like daily, like couldn't sleep at night, like night sweats, just headaches. I feel it in my legs right now, like legs just burning and all that, just not being able to keep up, you know, I got a brother who's a year and a half younger than me. So he's five at the time. And like, you know, I couldn't keep up with him and just like just extremely lethargic and lazy until one night I just, I just couldn't sleep, and then like my mom was just like, "Nah, we gotta go to the hospital." And then we found out then. So I just remember that whole process, you know, all the shots and all the tests I had to go through, and then you know the chemotherapy for four years. Uh, got into remission when I was eleven, so two thousand. Um, yeah, dude, Jesus, you know the different medications, the the the, the, the hunger cravings and all that, and like so leukemia is a cancer of a, of. The blood and bones, if I'm not mistaken, <clears throat> 07. So forgive me now. But if, if I'm not mistaken, it's a cancer of the blood and bones. So, like, you know, you feel it. It's You know, you feel it all throughout your body. Your whole yeah. body's pretty much on fire.
6: Yeah. Yeah, and with that, so sports for you, and I do remember this time, uh, it was tough. I was at UCLA and mm-hmm. just, just hearing about uh, the spinal taps Yeah, and, and those, those shots. I still remember that vividly, just what you had to go through. Uh, every time they did that, uh, not to really bring up that memory, but the, the fact that you were able to go through that, do you feel the, and then you grew and then you were able to play sports. Talk about just the, what that did for you, your life, just that the beating that disease, be, getting out of that, that cloud, that rut, what did that do for you, your confidence?
7: So first and foremost, you know, a lot of credit to my village, like, you know, you, Joe, Mo, like, you know, dad, mom, just, just, I just remember, you know, one of my most vivid memories through all that is, you know, I mean, I was asleep half the time in the hospital just waking up and like somebody always being there, you know, and like, especially what y'all done been through, you know what I mean? And like seeing me like that and like y'all still being there every day, you know, so, that gave me so much strength as a child that I never realized that it gave me until I got older and just how much I appreciate and love y'all for that. And just kind of, you know, so my, 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 my value of family is just so much bigger and more important than pretty much anything in the world. And like, so I'm so grateful and blessed that we just so connected like that first and foremost. And then just being able to survive that just kind of taught me like, you know, I'm built to survive anything in a way, you know, and like just to have faith and just to attack it. So that's why I have such a lust for life and such an attack for life. And just such a, I try to be charismatic in everything I do. I try to be appreciative in everything I do. Like every time, you know, I'm I'm always trying to thank who, if I see a city worker, like I'm rolling down my window, I'm beeping, I'm thanking them for for their road work. I don't care about the traffic. I'm living in constant gratitude every day and just, you know, constantly trying to put a smile on somebody else's face. So this is why I'm glad I'm in entertainment because I'm able to entertain and like bring joy or show overcoming or show triumph in, in, in situations. And so it's just really put that perspective in my world of just realizing, you know, things could suck. And at the end of the day, you know, the good always outweighs the bad. And so I'm just appreciative to have gone through that and to see life through that lens.
6: Yeah, you do live your life with a zest chaotic. to put it mildly. I mean, if you, if you go to Josh's Twitter or IG or his stories and follow him, you'll, you'll get a sense of what this young man is talking about. Um, when you decided to go on the basketball journey and you took it serious, um, we talk about basketball journeys a lot here on this show. When you went on your basketball journey, and it was one in a family of people that came before you that all balled and you know were involved heavily, deeply rooted in in the city of L.A. And you went to Crenshaw, and you know, so it was a similar type of path. And so you're going down the similar path as as, as your people before you. Yeah. How was your experience?
7: So a little backstory. So chemotherapy and all that that all that kind of slowed down my my puberty process and all that so i really (laughs) i didn't hit my growth spurt till i was like 18 19 and then so i was probably about i probably graduated high school about six two, uh just like barely tapping the surface like i remember i started working out with you like after my heist my senior season like i like like i wasn't able to dunk like that then like i just started being able to just i was getting oh my god i was so athletic it was crazy and then like you know now i'm six five six six it's just like so it's just It's kind of annoying in hindsight. Just, I just, I I do wonder what if at points, but you know, everything happens for a reason. And so I just, you know, live in gratitude with that. But, so yeah, I mean, I, I went to prep school for a year, still worked on my game, you know, went to a D2 in Oregon, Western Oregon University, did pretty well there. And, you know, I thought, you know, I could probably do better. So I went to Pasadena City College, I bounced back, did a junior college year, did pretty well, averaged like 15 to 10. But then, you know, I just kind of kind of got over it.
6: Why? What, what what happened? I was I'm always been curious about what school,
7: happened. I think school, I just kinda like it's like you I need just, new stimuli. So I went to school and it was just like I feel like I was learning the same thing in high school. And I was just like, man, this is a waste of my time, bro. Like let me figure wow. this out. <laughs> and and I mean, let me let me go out another path. It was really stupid of me, but whatever. That's just, me. no, it's
6: not, it's not stupid because right. you you have to go with how you're feeling when you're that age and you're doing things and you're traveling around and you beat what you beat. I mean, you have, you walk around with a sense of self-confidence and a sense of, you know, Hey, I know my decisions. I, I, I can stand on my decisions yeah. basically. Like, you know, so I, I don't think it was stupid. Uh, yeah. I think we live and we learn and it happens the way it's supposed to happen. Now, when you quit basketball, it was a little like, "Come on, you're balling." It was like, "What's why?" I mean, it was just a confusing thing for me that I just kind of was like, "Jesus Christ, I don't know what the hell's going
7: on." Yeah, just, everything's finally starting to make sense. You do this now, come on, dude. But I don't know, man. I just, you know, I don't, huh? I don't really be having strategy or calculation with my decisions, though. I just kind of just like live and go, just like, yeah. okay, we do it. You just yeah. kind of just go full throttle, which yeah. you know looks like it worked in my benefit a little bit, but you know, absolutely. But Absolutely. whatever, it's all no. good, you know, it's all it's, good. We're here now, we're still alive, we're still living. It's Sexy a gamble. The world, you know, out here. It's a gamble. It's, a, it's Life as a whole is a gamble, dog. You, you never know, especially with all the, the recent situations we've had recently, dog. You know, just, you never know if just going to snap and just want to go crazy. And, you know, you just never know. So you just kind of got to stand on your gut and just go for what you want almost, man. Like, And it's unfortunate, but it's the real world. And that's it. That's the reality of it all.
6: And after you made that decision from Pasadena you decided to hang it up, what did you do next?
7: Oh, man. So my oldest brother, you, kind of <laughs> pulled me aside one day. like, man, what you want to do with your life? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm going figure it out. And, you know, he said, you ever thought about modeling? And I was like, kind of, but I don't know how to get into it. And then you made a call. Next thing you know, I was in Miami and then signed with the agency and all that and then my first ever job was with uh Abercrombie and Fitch so I was in my I was living in Miami then came back home Santa Barbara that's where I had my first shoot at for a week Abercrombie and Fitch and that was just crazy because you know I didn't think Abercrombie and Fitch be looking for people that look like me but you know they booked me it was fun it was a great experience and I was like dang I think we're on the right path here so that was cool so I lived in Miami for about a year and a half modeling work with like Abercrombie Fitch, uh, Perry Ellis, Cuba Vera. Um, who else? Nike. Yeah, I did a lot, bro. Ugh, man. American what, Eagle Outfitter. What
6: was what was the, the scene like in Miami? I mean, you hear about it a lot. I know I've been to New York. I know the scene in Cali. I've been in Miami for a little bit, but what was the scene when you were down there working in model?
7: Oh, my God. Miami is crazy. Miami is <laughs> a big never-ending party, dog. It is like the weather like so it'll rain a lot but it still be warm so it'll be like it'll be like sexy rain so you like you just like effing i'm gonna go out with my shirt off you know (laughs) whatever like every thursday and sunday it's cracking on the beach i live on south beach so it'll be cracking on ocean avenue man so i'm whatever i'm shirtless i'm pulling up i'm going to the clevelander it's a new batch every weekend man i was out there wilding out man i'm living my best life then. I just got to the point like, damn, this is not sustainable. I can't be doing this much longer, man. So but shouts out to Miami Beach, man. It was fun. It was fun for what it was. I learned a lot. It was a weird place, but it's all good.
6: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you you did learn a lot. I mean, oh, like, my God, bro. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Um, I remember my, one of my, you know, when you leave home and first time anywhere, kind of overseas or whatever, it's sort of a culture shock at first, but once you figure figure out the culture and, and, and the network, man, it becomes really live. Yeah. Um, now, you did modeling, you're, so you were heavy with the modeling. This is a career you are trying to chase. Was modeling something that you actually liked, or did you want to expand on that, or were you kind of just locked into being a model?
7: Um, I liked it, but me as a person, I'm always looking to, to, to what's next and how I can expand on something. And of course, I mean, acting was the next foray. And so, but I did really enjoy modeling. I mean, I mean, dog, you get like decent money to take pictures and like free food on the set. And like- it's- But you can't crazy. eat anything. You can't
6: eat any of it because you got to watch your weight, right?
7: I mean, I'm a hog though. So I'll be working out like four, five times a day. I was going crazy. So, I mean, you know, I was doing like, wake up in the morning, do my hour of cardio, just for situations like that, you know, lift my weights. You know, I was doing probably like four or five thousand like crunches or leg lift, like that whole ab combination a day. I was very serious, you know, and, and in South Beach, you I was in New York, too. So both of those places, you're doing a lot of walking. So you probably walk like six, seven miles a day. Easy. Exactly. And so I was, you know, I was my metabolism was kind of fast and all that. So, I mean, I would need that. I would need to eat to sustain the look. Otherwise, you know, you get skinny fat and look yeah.
6: ugly. <laughs> skinny fat. Oh, God, what, right. what is skinny fat?
7: Oh, man, it's when you look, it's like when you skinny, but like you look sloppy and got I don't sound skinny, fat phobic, but like it didn't work for me. I wasn't happy with the look. Yeah. And so, you know, you just got to figure out what's work, what, what works for you as far as your fitness goes. But yeah, I mean, but as far as you say about the eating, like there was certain things you couldn't eat. So I had to be really on, like had to be super on top of it. Even it just got so crazy, though, like, man, because. You just be overthinking everything you eat. So you end up stressing yourself out. And then that affects you negatively because when you stress, you build cortisol and cortisol builds fat. And it's just, it's just all just a weird messed up chemical biological situation that goes on in your body. And I had a yeah. lot of studying to figure it out, yeah. but I figured it out clearly. I mean, you see the physique. Hello. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
6: How many hours a day you work out?
7: It's too much. I'm kind yeah. of like three or four.
6: Yeah, it's not too bad.
7: Is, oh, what about you? What you do?
6: I don't work out at all. You don't work out at all. I don't work out. I just oh. I woke up like this. No, but Josh, seriously, let's. <laughs> no, I, we're going to get on more uh, fitness tips later on. Um, sure. I, I I just I really want to get. To this kind of thing, because because you, you're very talented in the acting space, and I'm just trying to figure out the evolution of, yeah. of, of the modeling journey into you know that day or that moment when I, I don't remember the story, but when was the moment that you said I want to make the transition from act from modeling to acting?
7: Um, I've always wanted to be an actor. I've I've always <laughs> being so just boisterous in my character. And so just like, uh, you know, I wear my heart on the sleeve, I wear my heart on my face, I wear my emotions on my face. And like, I think it was a point of me being afraid to learn how to challenge that and use it to my advantage in the, the acting space. But I think it finally happened when, let me think. So I did this, this short film called The Other Side and you know, I didn't have very many lines, whatever it's like five, six minutes, but I remember showing dad and he showed his acting coach and you know the acting coach, his acting coach, he's a, such a hard ass, sorry for cursing, and like he, you know, he's tough, but you know, Rick Rick, yeah. <laughs> and and he said t- he told dad I did really he told dad I did really good work and I knew he meant it because he didn't know which character I was. So he, he told, he said that the, the 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 bad guy with the white shirt he did, he did really, really, really good work. And you can tell he really took some- Oh, money.
6: so Rick didn't even know which character. He just picked yeah. out the, the best performance.
7: Yeah. So there was like a cop and then there was me and there was like, I had a, it was another character who was like my, my, my robber partner. And he, he said he did really good work. And I was like, oh, snap. Okay, tight. And then, so I started taking classes and all that, doing more short films and then- I did another short film called "Behind Greatness," which you know, one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite pieces that I've done so far. And uh,
6: is that the basketball one?
7: That's the basketball one. Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. That's pretty powerful. I mean, you you show yeah, a right. lot of range in that.
7: Yeah, well, I didn't know I had that in me, bro. So I was yeah, just like, you, yeah, oh wow, okay, like let's take this serious. So then I just started the grind of it all, you know. So I was just constantly always trying to be around sets. So I was working as a PA just to be around, you know you know, then, you know, doing extra work, body double work, and then things started progressing until I got, I, uh, so I went from doing background work to now the director noticed me in the, in, in the background. He's like, yo, you come here, puts me in the front of the camera. So now I'm getting those those bumps and those upgrades and all that stuff. And then, so it just kind of, it just kept progressing and kept progressing. And I just kept on working and staying on it and just being cognizant of, of, of real life situations and applying that, you know, and just kind of Shedding that what I think an actor should be and just me being comfortable with myself to, to portray whatever I could, whatever I want to portray.
6: And, what, and touch on that point for a minute when you say. What an act what you think an actor should be versus being comfortable with yourself, what does that mean?
7: So a lot of people get it. messed. So a lot of people, when they look at acting, they look at it as you being a character and all this when, you know, that's not real. Being, you know, they want to see real. So real is this. Real is your everyday situations, your everyday interactions, and so you you apply that, and you be you you be cognizant of of that how you move in real life, and then you apply that to acting. So now it looks real. Now you know. Now it looks like you're watching a real conversation as opposed to you watching two people trying to be characters. You're not trying to be anything. You're being. You're, You're you're you. You know, and like you know, you may put on the accent and all that, but you're you're your, I don't even know the word I'm trying to use, but you're, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're using your you-ness, if for lack of better terms, you okay. know what I mean? As opposed to it. trying to be this whole other thing and like that's not it, that's fake and that's super dramatic. It's not super dramatic because that's not how life is all the time, like sometimes mm-hmm. it's just a simple conversation like that. Yeah. But when you're mad, it's not you just cursing to be, sometimes when you're mad it's, you trying to hold back a tear or something like that. So you got to be able to recognize all those things and all your triggers and all your irritabilities and all what makes you happy, your vulnerabilities. And just don't know, throw them out there, dog.
6: Hmm. And so you feel like you turned a corner once you figured that out, what you said behind greatness was the performance that you felt like you turned the acting corner or was it something else? No behind greatness. And then, and so after, so on the heels of, or, after Beyond Greatness, what was your next role that you had that was notable?
7: Um, so I didn't do any short films after that, but I did a couple commercials. So I was, you know, I had a, a small role in a, in a, a commercial with Megan Thee Stallion for Coach. It was, it was background, but my face was in it quite a bit. And that's because, like, I wore a very provocative outfit. You know, I showed the muscles and all that. And they said, oh, yeah, we need that. And then um, (laughs) I did another commercial to a Megan Exvallion for Cash App where I was like her assistant, her sexy male assistant.
6: Yeah, I remember that.
7: Yeah, that was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. She's great.
6: She was like Cleopatra and you're like the Egyptian slave or whatever.
7: I wouldn't call it a slave, man. I was just an assistant. You look like a, you're
6: acting like a slave in that one, bro. No, man. I acting like a maid. You know, it's I'm just, okay to be making the stallion slave for for a few minutes, bro. Gosh. A
7: few hours. Shout out to making stallion. Shout out to the party. He's a great writer. That's her boyfriend. But yeah, so I did that. That was cool, you know. And then, um, yeah, then we started auditioning for like the big stuff. And then it was getting closer and closer. I noticed that. Mr. Perry kept having me audition for more and more things. It just felt like he was trying to find something for me. I mean, I may be wrong, but it just felt like that. But then, let's,
6: let's back up. Let's back up to Tyler Perry and, aud- and the auditions and, and the whole, your introduction yeah. into, into Hollywood, Black Hollywood, if you will. Yeah. What was the first audition that you went on? And and you said you auditioned for a lot of stuff. So did you feel like you nailed some other things that you might have been in or did you did you feel like your best work was the audition for all the queens men
7: oh backtrack be right two weeks before we got hit with the pandemic audition to be on the oval call back everything casting director told my manager to pin me pin him meaning like we want him so like yeah everything's all good and then pandemic happened and then everything shut down and so i guess things kind of backtracked then but so then, you know, like, I auditioned for, like, all his, like, he had sisters, bruh. Um, you know, he got everything, bro. He got, like, 19 million shows. But yeah. I auditioned for a lot. And then, yeah. finally, I had one audition. It was two different two different roles for all the Queens men. So I auditioned for both. And then, like, yeah, then got the role of Sean.
6: And let's talk about Sean and all the Queens men. I, when I was reading the press release, and it just trying to learn a little bit about it, um, it's a in the first season established Maryland, Madame Deville was a fierce businesswoman ruling over her empire in the lucrative male exotic nightclub industry. Now hell bent on expanding her queendom in season two. Madame will have to navigate the sexy yet dangerous world if she wants to stay alive and ahead of the game. And so you're so rayshawn is a character who is an amateur amateur that's basically not cut out for the life of the exotic dancer, but he's hell bent on becoming one. Okay, talk talk about this. What type of inspirations did you draw upon when you acted out this character of Ray So
7: honestly, you just I just drew upon my own, you know, inspiration of of wanting to be in this be, wanting to be an actor, wanting to be somebody, wanting to be as cool as my brothers, wanted to be like as cool as my dad, you know, just kind of just like that kind of thirst and like desperation and all that and wanted to live up to something and just be somebody. And so just, you know, you know, I wouldn't say willing to do anything, but goddamn, willing to go far, you know what I mean? And just willing to push myself and do whatever it takes. And so with that, it's just, it was just applying that into maybe a little different kind of situation. So, it it wasn't too hard it wasn't too hard a transition for me you know to 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 plug all that in and be fully bought in and fully committed to it
6: yeah I, because there are things that you can you said you relate to with yeah. to Sean. Um, yeah. what's the most difficult part of playing a character like that or being on set in a, in a situation like that like for me i would imagine You know Tyler Perry working on that production is sort of like you know you're you're at a tryout or you're on you know at a game with a high level coach and you know it's kind of like this guy is you know your coach is is it this do you have the same type of correlations or
7: that was like one of the factors but like so like my first day down there we got dance rehearsals and all that and in the in the in the four main dudes like them dudes is like crazy ass dancers bro they so good like they got full on like. Like choreography and like they going crazy. And I'm just like, oh man, dog. I'm just sexy, bro. I can't dance like this.
6: <laughs>
7: they like, but they got ooh, they do it, they hitting all that like the, like the hip swivels and all I'm like I'm so I'm just there intimidated, man. And I'm just like, damn, these dudes is like really because they actually like they they this this is their lane, you know yeah. what I mean?
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
7: Their lane. And like they so good at it. But you know, they all took me in and like helped me and so I got a better understanding of, of, of how to feel music as opposed to dance to music. And so that helped a lot. And so, like, now I just find myself, like, if I'm in the gym, like, I just, I'm accidentally hitting my moves, you know, in the middle of doing bench press or, like, a roll. I'm just hitting a little swivel and, like, you know, I might get an eye or two looking at me, you know, do my little gyrations and all that. But, I mean, I'm just that. So I'm just always constantly feeling music now. And I think that helped a lot. And then as far as working with Mr. Perry, I mean, dog, man, it's just, just to be down there on that, on that, so they, they housed us at the studios.
6: Yeah. What's the studio like? How big is it? I've heard about it. I've seen a tour of it, but bro, is it really that huge?
7: Bro. So from our housing to like the main building where the gym is, is a mile and a half walk. Wow. Like, so that's a straight walk. Wow. And so he's, yeah, that's and crazy. he's got like dog. It's like five different like residential sets, like building like a new york skyline dog
6: (laughs) that's killer
7: like dog but you know it's just it's just so it's like you almost like almost so proud of him because you know like i grew up watching Medea, bro like you know just see from from that to those stage plays and productions to like all this is him like this is all this is all his name on it. it is like it's like almost seeing like like your uncle or like your big brother, just make it, you know what I mean? And so it's just like, it's just humbling, but so inspiring to be there. Just like, I used to take walks every day, like whenever we had like an off there or anything and just like walk around and just like appreciate everything. Just see, just see it all. Just like, damn dog, this is really like, this is really him, bro. Like this is, it's almost like it's somebody you know for 20 years, you know, from watching all his stuff. And just to this, like, this is all, this is this all you, dog. Like, wow. And then to work with him, like, dude is cool, man. You know, I mean, he's tough, but like, you know, he, it's a lot. He put a lot of pressure on himself. He wanna put out a good product. He wanna really communicate with his audience and his supporters and put out a good product that people were gonna watch and people were gonna enjoy. And so he puts a lot of pressure on himself and he puts it on us, but he's also like a really guy. He's a, he's a great teacher, like almost like a great coach acting wise, you know, like, He's, you know, he
6: he, <laughs> he be on you, he be on you.
7: Oh, man, I got a problem where I, I when I'm on camera, I kind of do a little like rock yeah. and like, he like cuts and he just like, Hey man, you gotta stop doing that. You guys are doing that. That's a, that's a bad thing to have, man. I, nobody gonna work with you, man. I'm trying to help you. And so like, he keeps it so real with you. But like, you know, he talked to you like, like he talked to you like it ain't condescending, but like, he just, he really, like, he really want to help.
6: Yeah. He, he really want one
7: hundred. get these careers off, man. So. It's just amazing, bro. Like he pray over the set every day. He lead us on like a big prayer, man. Like it's just, it's just amazing. Like dog, I still can't believe like it's me, you know, I can't believe it's, I get to work with this man. It's just like, bro, it's amazing, man. Oh man,
6: dog, it's crazy. No, it sounds dope, man. It sounds like a, a heck of an experience from what I've seen, dude, and and from I, just the reputation, of Tyler Perry. I don't know him personally, but for you having worked with him, man, it's it's it's, it's like I feel honored as well. Because right, right, my right. my brother is is with you know talking to Tyler Perry. He's on there, you know. He's you know, getting getting yelled at by Tyler Perry. Yeah, hey, it's I mean, all that, good. <laughs> and
7: it'd be like any other time, I'm sensitive, bro. So I'd be like one to just like you know maybe lash out or cry or something, but nah bro. Yeah. Yes, sir. Tyler Perry. Please absolutely. Remember. That's why I, 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 call him, I call him Mr. Tyler Perry. Absolutely. I'm gonna give you the whole name, Tyler Perry. Please.
6: Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. how, how does someone that lands a show on like BT continue to to stay sharp, not be complacent, and continue to work on their craft? Like, what is your strategy or approach to to like when you get it when now you've landed your first big role? How are you gonna continue? to land other roles?
7: I mean, first off, just staying grateful for it all and maintaining the same hunger and maintaining the same recognition of, of life going on around me. So I'm always observing and people watching and just trying to take in what I can and being on top of my thoughts and like my feelings. So when I say on top of my thoughts, just so thoughts are like what I was taught in acting, thoughts will help drive your emotion and like your eyes and all that.
6: And like mm-hmm. you know,
7: show people like that he got a lot going on so Mm -hmm. just always being on top of those and on top of my feelings and and, you know recognizing how I feel in certain situations and you know being aware of my vulnerabilities and my irritabilities and all that and, Mm -hmm. and, and you know sick as it sounds like remembering my reactions to things you know so it's always constantly real so it's always true to myself and then that's on top of that staying true to myself and living in my truth so like that's why like my stories on Instagram are just how they are so chaotic or whatever, because like it's honestly what comes to mind. It makes me laugh. It entertains me. So you all about to get it too, whether you like it or not. So it's <laughs> always trying to stay on top of it like that. And that's 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 my practice. You know, that's my that's my work. You know, that's my that's how I get my, my reps in. So I'm constantly getting reps in.
6: Constantly. Are you in class?
7: I'm not in class and you know i'll get back into it i mean i have i have i have a coach that i work with shout out to pat uh i mean he just he's, he's really good he's really good at breaking scripts down he's really good at talking to me like how i need to be talked to he's good at talking my language and he's good at you know of helping me in, of 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 breaking it down to a philosophical and almost like it's it's so organic his teaching and it's just it's so real and it's like so so therapeutic in a way you know, he just knows how to talk and he knows how to just, I don't know, just communicate it to me. So it's just every time, every time it's always, I get an epiphany every time I talk with a man. And so I don't, not in the classes right now, but, you know, I got a coach that I work with weekly. You know, he's also works out with me at the gym. So okay. you know, he's always giving me advice and tips. He always sending me tips. So, and I'm just always open to receiving them and just applying them.
6: That's dope,
0: man. Yeah.
6: As far as the the physical fitness side, you've you've mentioned and alluded to yourself being sexy n- numerous times. Uh you have a oh, tremendous no. you have a tremendous physique. I understand it's not your fault, but when we we're going in the summer and I and I had somebody on the show, uh Dr. Courtney Watson, she gave some great health tips from the medical side. That's after Course Corner. Yes, absolutely. I wanted I want Joshua John Marcus Johnson to give us Josh's tips on how to either maintain a nice summer beach bod, get a beach bod, or just healthy tips for living that will enhance our lifestyle. Because obviously you have done a tremendous job at that.
7: And it's so crazy, man, because like, people will tell you like all this difficult hard advice. And in my opinion, it's really like, because people, if you, people literally do nothing. So, like my biggest thing is to do something, like get out and walk outside for 15, 20 minutes. Like if you got a gym membership, set the timer 45 to an hour, pick three workout, pick three exercises to do. So it could be like like a a row, a push up, and a squat. Do those 45 minutes straight, 10 sets of each. You gotta take a break, take a break. But you gotta do something, you know, and that's that's a lot of people's problem. Like they, they they're going from doing nothing. And just expecting things to be easy. And I mean, it's not going to be easy, but you just gotta do something. Like you know, it takes an hour a day. I'm telling you, if you spend an hour a day, dog, like, and then you'll find like, as you as you exercising more and more, your your exercise vocabulary expands, and so now you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this, you're doing that, and then you start actually liking it after three, four weeks, or maybe a month, you love it, and then it becomes something that you need to do. It's it's it's, it's just you take a day off and you feel gross. And so it's just something that you need to do. It almost becomes like a positive addiction, you know? And so I just encourage people to just do something, anything, and then you'll find it's so good for your mental health. It's a good way to transmute like different energies that you may have, whether it be sadness, anger, you know, even happiness, you know, it's just a good way to just, just to get that out, you know, yeah. just put it, to use it on something get it out. And then you find that you sleep better. You, you start caring about what you put in your body as far as eating goes, you know, and, that so it just starts with doing something i mean i'm even even if it's just twenty minutes straight of three exercises in a circuit and you just go ten, ten, ten reps each, like you just go like you just gotta do something
6: yeah, what about eating stuff? um you know i felt I've always felt like the eating part is more important than yeah the physical part um, to a certain level because i've lost weight and gotten into shape and i didn't work out before but i was on i was on a vegetarian diet Mm -hmm. so without having to go to the extremes of like vegetarian what's something like a a normal person you know my age or younger in my around my age because this is my audience my audience is is people you know 35 to like 50 or so somewhere around there hopefully younger but i think it's around that Mm -hmm. what type of foods should we absolutely stay away from, and what should we gravitate towards?
7: So, I like to live by like an eighty percent and twenty percent thing. So, twenty percent of the time, you do something bad if you have to. Like, not saying you have to, but yeah. But people know not to eat fried foods. Like, you know that that goes without saying. Now, you know, sure. know not to eat fried food, sure. but, and and so you get. So, I just encourage but, people to get to a point.
6: Go ahead, sorry. But No, there's also but there's also these foods that for for the longest time, and it's I'm asking you because you're younger, you're, you're plugged into the fitness. But for the longest time, we used to think certain foods were, were all good. And then yeah. later on, they're like, oh, no, those that actually isn't all good. That's not the, that's not a good kind of fat. I was so, wondering if there's anything new out like that we should know about.
7: I don't even follow recommendations no more because <laughs> Because like they kinda like, they, they change it up on you every time you grow facts, facts, facts. You, you mess with people's minds now, it's just you know, it's just dumb. So you just kinda gotta go, you gotta be on top of what makes you feel good. And so, like, yeah, of course, fried food is never gonna be good, but if you have to have it, you know, plan it out to where you work out, you eat good for like the three days before that, and make you feel like it's a reward or something like that. Yeah. and so. I mean, but like a simple kind of diet for me is like, you know, like grilled saute shrimp, grilled saute chicken, fish, steak, some, you know, brown rice, white rice, sweet potato, a starch and greens. You know, I just keep it simple like that.
6: And what do you do with brown rice? How can you eat brown rice? is my question. How do you how do you actually swallow brown rice and like eat it? How do you do that? A
7: little it bit is- of grass and butter and some of that juice from the fish or the chicken. Yeah, that oh. grass fed butter. butter different dog.
6: Oh.
7: That grass fed butter, different, man. It's, it's good for you too. It's really good for you. Got that conjugated linoleic acid, that CLA. And it, you know, it helps with your belly fat. Doesn't it? Yeah, so they say.
6: Where do you get it from?
7: Get it from Rouse. It's it's the Kerrygold. Kerry, Kerrygold butter. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's grass-fed butter. You know, okay. it's, it's it's so you got your regular butter the americanized i guess whatever and then you got your grass fed grass fed is like super it's almost like gold in color so it's just just rich in like in like vitamin a and and beta carotene and stuff like that got the good fats for you and whereas this not as what not as much
6: interesting okay okay what about like liquids are there liquids that like for the longest, I used to think juice was cool, but juice apparently is not. It's not all good. There's a lot of fat. Even diet sodas are kind of shaky. So, are you, do you see? What do you suggest? Water all the time, or what does your ju- daily liquid intake look like? I
5: drink like
7: I try to drink like a gallon and a half, two gallons of water a day. Damn, um, and lots of coffee. I like coffee a lot.
6: Uh, How much coffee like, you drink?
7: I probably drink like four, or five cups of coffee a day.
6: It's gonna stain your teeth. You better get that teeth whitener thing. Oh no, I got
7: it Playboy. It's all good. You know what got you got? What you got? So it's this. It's one of them Instagram ads got me. It's this purple stuff, and then you spray it, and then purple it helped bleach out a bunch of like ye- it bleach out yellow stains and stuff like that. It's really cool. I forget what it's called. I'll text it to you. It's working.
6: <laughs> As he smiles and shows the pearly whites, <laughs> yes, it's working. Yes, funny. it's working.
7: But um. <laughs> So, yeah, but water, coffee's cool because caffeine helps, you know, get your metabolism up and, you know, it burns fat while you're at rest. Um, I'll drink juice, but so you got to do it strategically. So if you have like a nice hard workout, your muscles and all that are like craving carbs. So if you drink like a juice after you work out, your muscles going to know what to do with them, whereas it's going to know what to do with the carbs, whereas... Before, it's just kind of just chilling and hanging out. You know, it has no use in application. But if you use it as like a recovery drink, then you're going to be like, oh, this is kind of nice. This is kind of good. It's feeding my muscles. It's fueling my muscles.
6: Okay. Okay. And lots of water.
7: So like simple carbs, like simple carbs. Like don't even be thinking you can go get like a 12-pack of donuts from the Krispy Kreme. Even though though the sign hot now on actually i couldn't blame you if you did but you know you gotta be careful man it's just full of oils and and just bad fats and omega-6s it causes inflammation and all that you don't want to be a so
6: what so what is it someone supposed to do if they have a sweet two
7: uh pick a day pick a day and go crazy don't just one
6: anything. just one day so what's crazy to you because i feel like crazy like me my my discipline has got to the point where crazy to me is like eating like four donuts and and that's it. For, and that's it. That's my crazy day yeah. or a piece of pie and ice cream yeah. and two in two scoops of ice cream. Like that's crazy. crazy for me.
7: Yeah. So I mean, what's crazy? So I don't know. So like I, my biology is kind of different. So I feel like I'll be having like these cheat days where I want to just go crazy. And so I'll start the day off with like chocolate chip pancakes and then I'll be done. Like it'll be it'll be satisfied. Okay. And so I, I just think you pick a day and maybe just plan to go all out. And then you'll find like, oh, like I'm done. This is, you know. I got what I needed, you know? And like, so it ends up not being as crazy, but just pick a day, make sure you own your stuff, make sure you on your working out, make sure you on eating appropriately for your diet and for your goals. And then just, if you need to have a day, just like, okay, I'm, I'm planning it for two days from now. I'm gonna go crazy. I'm just gonna just eat whatever I want, blah, blah, blah. But make sure you're following your plan and doing it right and earn it, you know? Yeah.
6: What's your thoughts on alcohol? And this would be a, the, the last question on the diet.
7: Um, so I'm not like, gonna lie, man, when the pandemic first hit, dog, I'll probably take him down a bottle a day. I had like so a bottle of what? Man, I had so much unemployment money, dog, like a
6: 1942. What? A so day. what tequila? They say tequila is the best one to drink. Is that true? Supposedly, but it's all nasty. It's all gross. It's, 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 it's
7: gross. It's all nasty. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, but so if you're going to drink alcohol, you know, don't make it an everyday thing because I mean but <laughs> you I mean like I'm like I don't bro, I don't know because for my like alcohol is nasty, man. It, it don't taste good, bro. It don't taste good. So like, I don't see how people do it every day. <laughs> but if you gotta if you want to get turned up, I mean just pick a day, I guess. Pick a day.
6: Right, there you go with your pick a day. So every so everything is moderation pretty much for you. Right? Everything <laughs> is
7: extremely moderation. Like you don't need to be drinking every day and like eating all this unhealthy stuff every day, especially when you know it's not good for you. If you're feeling like slow, sluggish, and lethargic, it's like, why would you want to feel that? But, you know, I can't speak for everybody because I wouldn't want to feel that. Don't mean that everybody else would want to feel that. So,
6: Okay. But the best alcohol to drink for somebody that's trying to watch weight would be would be like what? Like, give me an example. Like for me, okay, I'll tell you. Red wine. All right. I do reds. I will also do like Michelob Ultra 100s, (laughs) which are very light. Uh, if, like, you, if you have tahine, it it really makes it uh, uh, easier to like, go down. it up a little bit. Yeah, but then you know, but then that's pretty much it. You know, I don't really subscribe. Like I know dark is bad, which I understand, but it's important when you get around my age because you like to eat good, and you like to drink good, and you like to have these these consistent.
7: You should and enjoy yourself. And like the main point I want to say is like, don't stress yourself out about it too much. So even if my pick a day concept don't work for you. Don't, you know, don't stress out about it. If you got to have that little drink, take you that little drink, you know, sip it slow, but take that little drink. You know, if you got to have that cookie, yeah, eat that cookie, don't, you know, don't yeah. play with your mind too much about it because it's going to end up backfiring on you regardless. So don't do that. You know, don't restrict yourself because yeah. restricting causes a binge. Yeah. And so that's it.
6: No, that's a great formula, Josh. Uh, I-, I like your approach to it. It's, not really it's it's a good balance of like tough but also giving the person a lot of leeway to make his own decisions and hold his own self accountable that's dope um man man it's been this this i, I enjoy speaking to you in this type of form um in this format you know just hearing you kind of talk about your stuff through your through how you've experienced it you know we you know we're brothers we don't talk as much we talk all the time but we don't talk about this type of stuff like this in depth so this was this was really good um, oh, no, we're
7: really sensitive. We're really sensitive.
6: yeah we hold a lot of things in and uh we gotta talk
7: know. about that. we gotta talk about that one day about the toxic masculinity and like in the sense of of having to, to be hard all the time and not you know you know spill out your feelings sometimes and maybe like share a cry bro like we gotta, we gotta have like a discussion about that. I think we should have like a big forum for <laughs> men to talk about that.
6: Yeah,
5: and
7: you know, it just show that it's okay, man. Cause like, like the, the the male suicide rate is crazy right now, dog. like, yeah. we, like we killing ourselves because we can't, we we feel like we can't share it. So we're like, we think that's the next best option, man. We gotta, we gotta clean that up, man. And that's another yeah. side of that toxicity that we need to clean up, man. We like, we gotta, we gotta save the world. We gotta save ourselves.
6: Yeah, man. It's a lot of it is pride. A lot of it is, you know, it's like it takes a lot of undoing yeah, to because to, to, you grow up in a culture that you encouraged it, allowed it. Everything you've seen is pretty much about it. So if, unless you were really, you know, taught early, you know, and a lot of us in our family were. But there's still tendencies that happen as you grow, man. And you're, you you move outside to different units. People go to school. You know, you pick up habits and, and these are bad habits that and, and some I, I enjoy talking about because there are no real. Well, I won't say no, but it's nice to have a safe space where, you know, men yeah. can talk and share real feelings and things like that. But we'll definitely um, touch on that. We have a whole episodes worth of stuff like that. But man, your journey has been an amazing one to hear about, dude. Although I knew the story is just, it resonates more to hear it through your words and your voice, uh, proud of you and everything that you're accomplishing uh, in, in, in life. I wanted to know this, and, and this would be my last question. When you, ultimately you're gonna have a platform. Um, you're gonna be someone that has gonna be able to affect others what is sort of your message or what do you live what words or do you live your life by that you would want others to know about you
7: um there's a i forget the verse in the bible there's a verse in the bible where it ends saying faith hope and most important love so i try to live my life loving everybody of different creeds different orientations different whatever like I always want to be somebody that will listen and try my best to understand. And if I can't understand, I will sympathize with you. I want to be somebody know with empathy, and I just want people to know, like, like you said about safe spaces. Like, I would, you know, I want to be, I want to be a safe space, you know, where people can talk to me about any and everything, honestly. And like, you know, I pray that nothing ever gets too much for me to bear or hear. You know and so like that's it man i just want to live a life of just love be a vessel of love and to everybody and to anybody you know i don't want you know i want people to be able to walk up to me you know and ask me questions ask me advice on working out or, or anything like you know and not feel you know not not be not be intimidated by me i don't want to be intimidating i want i want to be somebody who's an open book somebody who people can just come and talk to about anything like and so i try to live my life like that now like you know which I try to help a lot of people, man. I try to help a lot of people, man. It's just important to me to be that voice because a lot of people don't have that even within their own families. And I recognize that I was fortunate enough to get that with mine. And so if I can be an extension of our family to other people, man, like, you know, that's a life well lived, dog.
6: Absolutely. You know? Yeah, man. Good stuff. Uh, You're blessed. You're touched. And you've, you've always been destined to do what you're doing
7: appreciate you, man. You know, I, I, I revert back to one of my favorite pictures of us. Uh, you had me on your shoulders at Drake Stadium, man. You know, you know, I'm just I'm on my big brother's shoulders, man. You <laughs> and so, you know, I'm just grateful to have y'all two, man. Like two of the best big brothers in the world, dog. So that's why I try to be the big brother I am to countless people, man. So that's direct from you, man. So you can give yourself a round of applause for that, dog. I appreciate you, man. You're the firstborn and you did a hell of a job, you know, leading us, you know. So I appreciate
6: you, man appreciate you, my brother, and I, and I love you. Thank you. Thank you man. Ladies and gentlemen, J. Marcus Johnson. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary.
3: We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency, where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
2: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more...
5: hey guys back at the playground again huh
4: yep you know what this playground could use a wine
2: country heck yeah and some waves so we could go surfing
4: oh yeah. <laughs> ah, love that a redwood forest would be cool
5: i'm in
3: ah
2: ski slopes let's
4: do it um Tanner, girl go shopping yeah baby wait